Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Regina Masati. She is the Vice President of Animal Care at the St. Louis Zoo and a past TEDx St. Louis speaker who asked the audience, who is afraid of the big bad wolf? Hi, Regina. Hi. Thank you for having me. And I fit into the weird category. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for clarifying <laughs> that for everyone. <laughs> so I know you're not afraid of the wolf, which we don't need to think of as big and bad. And um, your talk, okay, I told you that I watched it again yesterday and I put that I put that onto Ted. Still makes me tear up. I can't watch this without tearing up. I'm not going to give it away. I want all of you to watch it out there. But um, let's just step back and talk a bit about when was that realization that you went, why do we act like wolves are just terrible when they are a keystone species? Let's talk about that. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, and I say this in my talk, but I grew up around nature and wildlife, and I loved the weird and misunderstood animals. And as I grew, I started to see more and more animals fall into that category by seeing other people's reactions, whether it was that they were afraid of them or talked bad about them or whatever. And as I learned about ecosystems and how they are all connected, everything's connected. I got to see what a keystone species was, and that's an animal that helps keep everything in an ecosystem balanced and healthy, and wolves are the epitome of that. But they're also fall into the category of people being afraid of them. Right. And those two things don't jive, meaning if we're afraid of something that actually makes us and our environment healthier, that's bad news right. for us, for the animals, for our, for our environment. So that really pulled me towards wolves because I knew if we could work on saving them, that they're this umbrella species that could save a whole bunch of species. So as a keystone species, what role do they play? What does that mean? Yeah. So wolves have a big impact on our environment, meaning they focus on eating deer, elk, and they don't go for the big, beautiful ones like we do with our hunters and all that stuff. We They go for the weak, the sick, the old, the animals that aren't able to keep up anymore. And especially when they're going after the sick, which is their priority. The reason they go after those animals, because could you imagine going up after a big bull elk? Like, that's dangerous. And right. they don't have the ability to, there's no health care in the wild. So no. if they get hurt, they're done for. So that's why they go after those sick. By eating those animals, they remove that sickness from the environment. And it doesn't spread to the rest of the herd, to our livestock, to us. And they help keep those herds at a healthy level so that they're not overpopulated and they don't eat everything. Right. Because by them eating everything, now there's no plants for birds and butterflies and other animals to eat and live in and, and call home. So they just have this huge impact. And as we have learned, there are diseases and flus and many things that are transferred to humans that are very dangerous for humans. So here are the wolves helping to keep us safe. That's um, that's awesome. That's yeah. amazing. I, I always so I love bats, and I know mm -hmm. bats are another one. I, I, I so find cool. <laughs> I love bats really because they eat mosquitoes, and mosquitoes mm -hmm. I'm like dessert to them, and I get like the welts, you know. So I'm like, go bats! Just mm. I, I love the mosquito. <laughs> you know, I try. I, I send love to it, but it loves me a little bit too much. <laughs> but um, but you know, I think that I I 
I I think bats are cute. They are, super and cute. I think they're amazing, and I I'm fascinated with them. And yet, that's a species too that has been, you know, it's like Dracula. I'm here to suck your blood, and not that many bat species actually suck blood. <laughs> there's like not many. There's you there's, know? there's really I think one that I know of. That yeah, does. it's just it's not like every bat you see is like well, I'm gonna suck your blood. I'm like no, that'd be mosquitoes. Yeah. but um, but I love that. You're outspoken about that, that you're bringing this awareness to people about how important it is. We don't look at every animal species and think, whoo, without you, things would be bad. Yep. And it, you hit on a really important one. Bats are another one that help reduce diseases. So it's it sucks, literally, that we get bitten. But more importantly, mosquitoes are a vector for diseases that can yes. be deadly to us. And so yes. those bats play an important role in keeping us healthy. And you also hit the nail on the head of why we're afraid of them. Mm-hmm. You think of what you've grown up with. Yeah. Bats are associated with scary Halloween, vampires, right. all the different things. And we don't realize how much that has an effect on how we view our world. Even though we think, oh, it's fun. It's fake. We know Dracula is not real. Right. It still plants that seed of fear. And, and as you've heard me say, if you fear something... You don't want to save it. But bats are something you can literally help in your own backyard by putting up bat boxes, planting native plants, protecting them, teaching people about why they're so cute. They are cute. I love watching the little bat rescue when they're feeding the bat. Oh, my gosh. It just, I'm like, oh, my God, they're so cute. I, you know, and but do not have one as a pet. So that's the other thing as humans that we often do is sometimes we make pets of animals that really we should stick to the cats and dogs. Let's not have other animals as our pets. Yeah. And I think we do that because on the flip side of things, we also crave nature. Yeah. And and obviously there's a status symbol. You see people with tigers on leashes type thing. But I think part of it, too, is that, that craving of nature and wanting to be close to it and thinking, hey, if I have a wolf as a pet, if I have a... I don't know, there's so many different different endangered species of snakes, all these different things... It's like you're feeling close to nature. Instead of doing that, go out into nature. Go explore nature. Go hiking. Again, planting native plants in your own backyard, attracting wildlife that you can view from a distance safely so that you're not affecting them or harming them. Those are great ways to get that connection to owning the animals. I love it. And I love the native plants idea. That's Mm -hmm. such an amazing idea for, you know, then you're not using all the crazy fertilizers and Mm -hmm chemicals and all that good stuff that doesn't really help secretly that's why i love native plants because i don't have a green thumb i'm great with animals <laughs> i don't great either. with animals but plants <laughs> i am not i not don't either there was sort of a little tiny look of terror in my daughter's eyes who i i i was saying goodbye to her today she's off back to go to school Aww. to denver so you know i'm like i know my eyes might be a little puffy i was like oh my gosh oh, oh. okay i can't cry too much because i'm going to be on the podcast soon but um but there was a possibility that some of her hanging plants she was not going to be able to take to Denver with her. And she was just looking at me like, oh, I'll leave them with my mother. <laughs> You're going to start getting the text. I'm because like, did you water it, Mom? This one does not have a green thumb. And so I made her feel better. And I said, and just in case you can't take any of these with you and you have to leave them at home, I will talk to Grandma and Grandma will take them. I know she will. And she was like, oh, okay. Brilliant. <laughs> 
brilliant. You got it's so, a team effort. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I I know I don't have the green thumb. I'm great with succulents because they don't need as much. But I, I, it's not that I don't love plants, but I maybe overwater love them too much. I that's don't my know problem. their I don't know their vibe. Yep. You know, but that's what's awesome about natives. You stick them out there; they know what to do. They they're do, good. Yeah, <laughs> they're re- well, I'm in my environment. I know what to do. You'll you'll see me soon. You yep. know. Um, so now you're at the St. Louis Zoo. And you're in charge of animal care. What does that mean? So I like to say I'm actually in charge of the people that take care of the animals. We have the most incredible keeper staff, curators, veterinary team, life support system staff. They're just incredible. And they are the ones on a daily basis that are making sure that our animals have the best lives, best food, best homes. And I make sure that they have what they need and that they're supported because they deserve it. They're just an incredible, awesome team. If you have not met the staff at the St. Louis Zoo, when you visit, since it's free, go anytime, um, walk up to one of them and say hi, because they are just the friendliest, coolest people. And probably amazingly just filled with knowledge that we would like to know. I have always been fascinated with, here you have all these different animals, the diets. Mm -hmm. The diets that you must accommodate. Our nutrition staff is beyond amazing. I mean, they... From from bats mm-hmm. <laughs> all the way up to polar bears, they know everything in between. And not only do they know it and know where to source the food from and how to do it sustainably, they are constantly coming up with innovative ways to make sure that our animals have the healthiest diet. And one of my favorite ones is they actually brought our community into the effort. Browse is a really good thing. Browse just means that you're trimming trees or bushes and giving fresh fresh greens to the animals. Oh, Like our giraffe or our primates. And they brought um, Bellefontaine Cemetery. They brought Amarin into it as they're they're cutting the trees and trimming them for power lines. Why let that go to waste? Now it can come to us and our animals can have really healthy food. Oh, my gosh. What a cool idea. Yeah, it's awesome. And it's, it's that holistic view. Right. It's that we're in this community and yeah, don't let something go to waste. I love that. Landfills have enough going on. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We have too many of those. We can't help it. It, There's so many people now. Yep. I am astonished. I've lived long enough now to to talk about it wasn't this crowded. Things were not this crowded. You didn't stand in these kind of lines. You didn't, you know, I mean, even places I visited before and I've gone back to them like, there's so many people now. I have to, oh, I have to schedule my time now. It was so many people. It's just amazing. And you don't realize how much that impacts everything. Yeah. I was actually thinking on the way here about the difference. And and my mind always goes to nature. Yeah, go. I remember when I was a kid, my mom had beautiful native Missouri hydrangeas in her backyard, Mm. constantly filled with many species of bees and hoverflies and moths and butterflies and hummingbirds. It was just huge. And that was one of my favorite places to go explore. You'd find beautiful um, garden spiders on it, just monarch butterflies, all the things. And it was buzzing constantly, huge amounts. Now, you maybe see a handful on there. Yeah, where'd everybody go, right? Frogs. Yeah. I mean, I remember when growing up and there being frogs everywhere you would walk out in the middle of night and they'd all be in your driveway like hey what's up (laughs) you know and and um and i think that all the time like and when i see a frog now i'm like oh hi oh my gosh i'm so glad to see you how amazing that's why i love the memes if you see for like um bumblebees that are like now when you see a bumblebee you're like what do you need a drink of water the keys to my car whatever like it's so happy to see (laughs) (laughs) but it's true and it's it's sad but 
we can make a difference. We right. can do stuff. And again, you asked why I love wolves. That's part of it because I know by bringing them back, they help make sure that our deer populations are at a natural healthy level that allows those plants to come up so that we can have the bees so that they can pollinate our food that we buy in the grocery store, right? So you planting natives in your backyard, not using fertilizer, not raking your leaves up in the fall, which you don't have to tell me that twice. I'm really? I'm good with not that we raking get an leaves. out that says we're I'm being sustainable for not raking yes. our leaves. Oh, that is yes. good because so many pollinators use them to hibernate in beautiful oh, luna moths. My favorite moth in the world. Look up luna moths. They need the that leaf litter to be able to hibernate in over the winter. Lightning bugs need it. So, oh my gosh! Yeah. And lightning bugs are fascinating. I didn't realize. You know, again, taking for granted, growing up here, lightning bugs are a thing. I have a friend from San Francisco, one time who asked me, she's like, is it true you have these, you have these bugs that like light up at night that you just get to watch them? And I was like, it is true. And now I appreciate them so much more. You don't have these? Yep. They're I little just, miracle bugs. I love them. They're just crazy. <laughs> and when we were kids, I mean, I loved being out and, and I didn't like the June bugs, but I really... <laughs> I remember there being a million June bugs. It's only because they hit you in the face. Like, well, they just yeah, don't they know where they're going. Like, they were kind of like, whoa. Like, they didn't know what they were doing. I mean, they just seemed kind of haphazardly flying. But um, I'm sure they had a purpose. I just didn't know. But, um, okay. So, let's talk about the process of being a TEDx speaker. I mean, it's a lot of work, but it it's wonderful work. It is. I, I think my favorite part about it was just meeting everybody. I, it was intense. It, you know, there's always the scary part about speaking in front of the public, but the team, including you, just helped get you over that fear, helped share your own experiences, which is really powerful. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just, it was a very bonding Yes, I it is, that. right? Because uh, everybody's in this together mm. and they all want to do their best and have the most amazing gift, honestly, that you are giving to that audience. Like, I have this gift. I I, I know, have this amazing knowledge to share with you. Here you go, audience. You know, it's just a beautiful exchange. Yeah. Um, and and your talk was just, was just so wonderful. I mean, just talking about where you started with nature being a big part of your childhood. Did you grow up here in St. Louis? I did. I grew up in Baldwin, Missouri. Okay. And back then, talking about people, it was not a lot of people there. Right. And in my backyard, we had hundreds of acres of woods, and that's <gasps> where I spent my days. Oh, my gosh. And so being How able to awesome. be out. Yeah. It was awesome. You just, again, you talking about taking lightning bugs for granted. I took for granted the woods, and now right. my parents... They're all gone, and they back up to a lot of other houses. And oh, wow. that nature was really powerful in my development of appreciating it, you know, being out in it every day. It's it's also really amazing to me. I lived in a neighborhood where I looked at trees, you know, in my backyard. Now, it wasn't huge. or wasn't acres, you know, but it was just enough that you still saw so much nature just in this little tiny patch. Yep. There was all kind of nature happening there. And that speaks to the importance of the parks and the protected areas that we have on our earth to like, let's not mess with it. Let's not put a hotel. Let's not mess with it. Let's just let that part be so we can keep nature going. Yeah, it is. And it's our voice that helps keep that happening by making sure that we're sharing with our elected officials, state, federal, doesn't matter, that we want those protected areas and we want money to go towards protecting them and the wildlife. 
that's what makes that difference. So make sure you understand, I know you know, but our audience, you have a voice. You have the ability to make a difference. We are, I, I am worried that we get so cynical and think, ah, oh, nobody's listening or nobody cares. But I've, I've literally gone to Capitol Hill and spoken on behalf of Wolves, and I've seen how our elected officials say, oh, yeah, I've actually gotten a lot of letters about saving the American red wolf or whatever. And it's like, oh. My God, That's they're good. listening, and I mean, that matters. That one voice can add to the many voices that are actually yep. speaking. So I love that. What's going on at the zoo that we should know about right now? Oh, we've got so much cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite new things that we're doing is we are um, offering the ability to come and feed our giraffe. And Fun. we have the cutest giraffe and the most amazing giraffe team that's been working hard on making sure that the area is all set up for our guests to come and it's a great experience. Of course, we always have our incredible sea lion show. I know everybody knows about it, but it just, it gets better and better every year. The team is always working hard on it. Um, and then we're partnering this year with World Bird Sanctuary, another oh, great conservation awesome. organization. And they're doing a bird show called Winging It, um, <laughs> which like is kind of like our TED Talk. We're winging No, I'm not kidding. We're not yeah. winging it. Yeah, I don't Lots know. of practice. We just, I love when people call me and they're like, I have a TED Talk. I'm like, maybe. <laughs> More than see. likely, no. But, you know, we're, we have to finesse this a bit. <laughs> Well, it's a great one to be able to come out and, and um, the World Bird team is is sharing, again, how amazing birds are, some of the misinformation that we have out there about them, and again, how you can help them in your own backyard. And it's so fun. I brought my kids to it, and they had a blast because the birds literally fly right over you. It's awesome. You know, we had a speaker, Joe Steensma, who's an expert in birds, and um, he shared with me, which I'm still fascinated with, that one of the reasons why he moved to this area is because we he called us the Silk Road of birds. He said almost every species comes through this area at yep. some point, and I was like, really? And now the Mississippi I, Flyway. It's yep. I, I had no idea. Yep. I was like, again, learn to you just learn to appreciate where you live so much more. But I live downtown, and I'm five floors up, so I can't plant native plants or anything but you're gonna pop i now have window. the bird's eye view <laughs> so i see so many birds that i have never ever seen before now that i'm up there and there's a certain time of year which i always forget when it is but where there's just blackbirds everywhere oh wow tons of them all over the place very entertaining for my cat by the way uh, yeah. as well as me but it's just astonishing and then lately i've been seeing these really bright white birds that I've never seen before. I'm not a bird expert, so I don't are know Are they, they bigger are. birds? Yeah, they are. Yeah, so it, there's a couple that could be. We have snow geese that can fly through here. Okay. We have um, egrets. There's a couple of different white birds that are gorgeous. They're, so, just, yeah. they're so bright, and I'm like, what well, is that so cool? I love it. It's, it's fun to see from that. It's also really great viewing for any kind of lightning storms we have oh, come yeah. through i've got an amazing view for that <laughs> i do i love our, our summer storm now they're getting more intense so maybe that part i don't love but i do yeah. that's one of the things i loved about growing up in st louis it's always the question right you're like what it wasn't like this when i was growing up what's going on right now you know i don't remember this happening when i was growing yeah. up it's going to be hot for how much longer i mean it's yeah the hundred yeah. year floods that are every year now i worked at the endangered wolf center before i worked at the st louis zoo and we had as as all of St. Louisans know, we had two back-to-back -back floods that literally made that whole area that the Endangered Wolf Center, which is about 25 minutes outside of St. Louis, 
become an island. Like it was uh. all cut off. And it's and I remember the newscasters, weather um, forecasters saying, uh, we don't know. Like this shouldn't be happening. These right. are 100 year floods. So it's a different yeah. world. Not cool. All right. Optimism. Though. I know on that sad note. <laughs> We're optimistic here. So I would like to ask you some fun questions. Oh, okay. All right. So we know about the big bad wolf and we know that book and what have you, but what book about wolves would you prefer people read? Hmm. There's a couple of good ones. Um, Yellowstone to me has always been very fascinating. I worked there for a brief time and it was such a, a cool story about how we really didn't understand the impact that different wildlife has on our ecosystems. And I love the way that the authors wrote in Decade of the Wolf, how not only how the wolves are making an impact, but then the individual wolves' stories, because they're so cool. Wolves have their own unique personalities, and being able to follow that is incredible. That or any book by Rick McIntyre. Okay. Any wolf book around about, <laughs> he is such a great storyteller, and he is one of the world's leading experts in wolf behavior. So, And he sees their personalities and does a great job oh, sharing Oh, how it. fun. And, it, and I, you know, we forget that they have personalities. Yeah. Unless you're working closely with them, you don't really see it. And we forget that animals have personalities. Yeah. And we know it with our own, right? We you know, know it with our cats, own dogs, dogs and cats, birds, but yeah. they all have it. Yep. Wolves have too. Yep. You know, I love it. Um, You've had all these, what looks like amazing job, career. Did you ever have a job you're like, hmm, not my path, not for me. This is not going to work out. Mm, well, any, yeah, lots. <laughs> Actually, my one of the things I always share is that internships are the best way to learn what you don't want to do. Exactly. <laughs> Go do them, get the experience. It builds up your resume, but also know, try different things because you never know which one you're like, oh, I really love that. Or you might think you want to go into a field and you try an internship and you're like, oh, God, never mind. I don't, I don't want to do that. And my first internship, I loved it, but it made me realize I didn't want to be in a lab. I, I went to school in Hawaii. Okay. And I worked as an intern doing water quality testing, looking at how watersheds all the way from the tops of the mountains to the ocean, how they worked, how the water changed throughout it, got cleaned, all of that kind of stuff. So we would do testing. It was lots of hiking and fun. I loved that part of it. Right. But a lot of it was in the lab testing the samples that we took, and I didn't love that part of it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew I'll I wanted to be out in the field out. with the animals. Yeah. yeah, love it. All right. So this podcast, um, I love, it's all about kindness for me. And obviously, you are all about kindness, and you do this on behalf of our wolf population and others. But just share with us something top of mind that has to do with kindness, whether it's something you witnessed, um, something that was given to you or that you gave? Hmm. I think one of the things that I read recently is a book by James Cruz. It's a book of poems focused on kindness, and it was very inspirational. And he did a really good job of weaving his story in as a gay author, how he witnessed kindness that made him feel safe and feel loved and feel like he belonged in the world. So weaving that story in through all these different poems, it's an anthology of different authors that came together with, with kindness was very inspirational. And I know this is going to sound cliche, but it's neat because reading that makes you think about it and see it more vividly. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes, you know, like you were talking about earlier, you just, you go through your day, you don't realize, oh, the, these lines are longer. You, you just, you're like, okay, I'm just going, I'm just doing my, my thing. But having that perspective shift, you start to see it more. And this is where the cliche part is. 
this is one of the reasons I love the the St. Louis Zoo. I see it every day in our staff and how they work with our community, our guests that come in. We've had guests that have had just tough situations when they come in. We had somebody whose father passed away, and they came up to our our um, our where we get our our baby carriages and all that stuff. I'm not saying it right. Our um, Strollers? Yeah, strollers. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. I was like, I can't I think of the word. right. I, I do this. Yeah, yeah, strollers. <laughs> and they're like, hey, we want a stroller for our father. And um, we heard the story from our, our manager of attractions, and, and he's like, you know, that's that's kind of a, a strange request. And the way that our, our staff handled it was beautiful. They said, well, I think you mean you want a wheelchair for your right. father. And they're like, no, no, you don't understand. He just passed away. He's in an, an urn with us, and the St. Louis Zoo was where we had our best memories, and we want to take them one last time. And they didn't blink an eye. They said, all right, here you go. What can we do? How can we help you? What was his favorite place? You know, just really went out of their way to make sure that that family had that last That's so moment. cool. Yeah. And yeah, that's something that you don't judge, yeah, right? You, these not. people are going through a, a grieving process. Yeah. And if this is part of how they're going to get through it, then by all means, let's help. I love that. Yeah, because yeah, I would have said the same thing. Do you mean a wheelchair? Yep. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's beautiful. Yay, kindness. I know. And I'm with you. Um, the it's, it's that whole, like, it's that thing. You buy the new whatever car you buy and you start going, gosh, everybody's got this car. I didn't realize everybody's got this car. <laughs> well, it's because, you know, you, you bought it. that car and now it's in your your mind. And it's the same with kindness, especially in a world where, boy, if you want negativity, there's a lot of that. You can get that super easy. Um, kindness, I, I think, you know, there's a little bit of work involved. So just work it. Yep. See and I, the kindness. I think it's like planting the native plants. Doing your little bit of a part makes it spread and makes a big impact. And it sometimes I don't think that we realize how much of an impact we have on making the world a better place. But just one act can I have a ripple effect. Agree. And plus, it's way more lovely to yeah. live with looking for kindness. Yeah. It's a way more lovely way to live. Agreed. So, well, Regina, thank you so much. I'm excited for your um, talk to get out there. Um, I just sent it to Ted yesterday, literally, as we are we are podcasting here on August the 16th of not, 2023. Not nervous at all about that. <laughs> no, fine. yeah, you're cool with it, you know, just, but it's a great talk. So I get it that you're nervous, but it's an amazing talk. And thank I'm, you. I am going to imagine it's going to be very well received. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you for your brilliance and your knowledge and for sharing it with everybody. Well, thank you for having me. And it was good to virtually meet everybody on your podcast and hope to see you soon. Yay. Awesome. So everybody go to the zoo. And if, if you are not from here and you have not been to the St. Louis Zoo, you need to go. My daughter and I, every time we travel and we know that there are zoos in other places, and this is terrible to say, but many times we're like, uh, but uh, we'll just go to the St. Louis Zoo because it is an incredible zoo. And uh, the other zoos, we like them, but they're just, they're just not what we have in our hometown. And so thank you guys for all the great work you're doing on behalf of our community and the animals and helping people to understand how important animals are and how important our world is. Thank you. You're welcome. Everybody out there, you've been listening to Mishmash. Go be kind. Look for kindness. Love you all. See you later. Bye.